Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast where we take you through the ups and downs of the wonderful world of video games. We are here on your favorite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. However, if you wish to support this independent grassroots endeavor, head over to patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital and join the community hashtag hand in pocket if you want to tip us twitch.tv slash dimp digital is a place to go there because you can chuck your amazon prime membership our way and catch the podcast live occasionally and other game streams that we're up to and it won't cost you a penny although again that's open free to everyone as it should be anyway the resident referee's back the nearly man returns after going on holiday Binned us off last week, got Adkins in, and then Adkins went on holiday this week. So both running off to do family endeavours, it seems. Yeah, it's the time of the year when it's cheapest. Actually, to be fair, it might just be half term this week for Adkins, which is probably why he's away. I was just off last week because we just managed to get a reasonably cheap week away at a place that we go. So yeah, come back nice and refreshed. Well, Uh, of sorts and revitalised. Other, other stressful things can happen on these holidays, but not really for me to get involved with. No, it's, it's relatively uneventful tub. Like it was, uh, it was quite relaxing. Um, so yeah, it's good. I'm back. I'm ready to go. Excellent. So I've got a bit of housekeeping to do before we get into it. Yep. Got. A, I don't. Even, I'm not even going to mention if we've got a loaded or quiet episode because I say that and then they never match up with the timings that in my head's there and people are like oh he said you've got a really busy episode and they were done in 10 minutes and I'm like well so I'm not even I'm gonna keep that to myself but the housekeeping to get things off this PlayStation Stars um, loyalty program I mentioned it last week with Adkins ran through what I'd done with it some experiments I'd run on stuff that I was going to buy anyway so it wasn't like I handed over money that I wasn't going to at any point um, and there's a couple of things I didn't know if they worked and have managed to find out that they do. So I was concerned that points, you know, that you get back from your purchases would only be given out if you're paying through a credit or debit card, not if you're using your wallet, so the PSM wallet to top up or pay through that, because the wallet credit you can actually get cheaper on places like Shop2 and CD Keys. So you get like a £50 voucher, for example, for like £45. So that's a way of sort of making the digital life a little bit cheaper and you do get points for that so if you make a purchase fully on uh, a wallet purchase with no kind of actual money taking place you will still get those loyalty points and you also get the points for buying lower price games so I bought Little Hope because I hadn't got that it's the only one I hadn't got in the collection I played it but I didn't have it uh, that was 15 quid, and I still got points for that. It still ticked it as a full game purchase as well, so it doesn't look like they're trying to strike people up for lower price games. And then the last thing was around games that are on sale. Now, I was thinking, well, this is where they'll catch you out, because if a game's on sale, you won't get any loyalty points back. But Adcock bought House of Ashes. That was on sale for about 
12, 13 quid. Still received his points. So you still get those even if it's on sale. And it logged as a full game purchase, meaning that the levels that you go up for doing for buying games and getting trophies goes up. So doesn't seem like there's any major loopholes. Obviously the big downfall is that if you're primarily physical, you don't get anything. As far as I know, there's no way of claiming the points. This is a digital-only kind of store jobby, whereas Nintendo do offer the option for you to kind of put the cartridge in and you can go in there and say, I want to redeem my points for that. They are lower, though, on the Switch, so you get less for a physical purchase than a digital purchase. So they do have a little bit of skimming going mm. on. But that's the housekeeping for PlayStation Stars. I ought to get into the FGL update because there's been one, two, three, four, five, six games come out and reviewed since we last reconvened. So let's kick things off with a couple of Logan's ones. We had Scorn and Gotham Knights coming out. Now, I'd flagged these as potential banana skins for his team, and it's looking like they're going to be said banana skins. Scorn currently sitting on a 69, so that's dropped below the 70 threshold, and then Gotham Knights sitting there on a 70 for, for poor old Logan. Puts him in a tricky spot for the actual FGL Grand Prix, um, I mean, thoughts on that? Is that a largely not unexpected result then that that those were going to perform like that? Obviously, you want to have the positive mindset, but sometimes <laughs> the predictions come mm. true. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's easy to have wishful thinking. I mean, you know, you've said a lot about Gotham in terms of nobody wanted it, this, that, and the other, and I think it being locked in terms of frame rate and various other things have, yeah. have hurt it. And Scorn, I think, is a very Marmite game. And mm. I think it's not very long. There's not too much, but it looks really good. Um, so obviously when people have, have played it, they've gone, mm, yeah, okay. So I can understand. I don't think it's like hugely shocking. No. <laughs> was just ex- expecting and or hoping one of them at least to do higher yeah. than we expected. But unfortunately, both of them have sat. I mean, I was hoping for sort of mid seventies, really, at worst. So it's kind of, yeah, you don't want them dropping down into sixties. That's really yeah. not what you want. Nah, absolutely not. Yeah, the main main thing I've seen about Scorn is the checkpointing is really inconsistent. Like it starts off and it checkpoints every ten minutes, which I think is too long. They should be checkpoint every two minutes. These games, but. Whatever, it's every 15 minutes. But as as people got further in the game, it was like not doing it for 30 minutes, then 45 mm. minutes. And then, then one uh, Mr. Matty plays, he said he got, I think it was an hour and a half. Yeah. And then he had a bug where he fell through the floor and couldn't get out. Yeah. So when you got that going on, you can't, I don't know how anyone can rate it at a decent level I mean you're rolling the dice as the developer there hoping that people don't run into things like that or those scenarios but when they do you can't give them the benefit of the doubt because you think well, this could be for everyone and uh... it all it all usually comes out in the wash so <laughs> it, does. it does doesn't it one way or another so uh, yeah I think sometimes when games I was a bit unsure about Scorn specifically because I was like mm, I don't know things that review well don't tend to come to uh, game pass day one like that did and mm. stuff i don't know i was just a bit warning signs there for it i think i was just sort of trying to wish it well and it it just yeah because uh 
as disappointed. Didn't come to fruition. We've got Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, which came out on Hall's Grand Prix team. It's a nice 73 for him. Uh, a Plague Tale Requiem, 84 for Salmon. He's actually had a pretty good set of games, other than, obviously, Company Heroes striping him up. And we mentioned about the blower with the Lich King and the, the WoW Classic and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's sort of held his hands up for that. We speculated the other week that he'd seen the transfer fees and then just sort of blown it and made out that he didn't know. But he's claiming he didn't know, and we'll take his word on that. But he's probably out of the race just because of Company Heroes. Um, so that's, you know, almost irrelevant. But he's now fighting to get a good spot for next year's draft because wherever you finish will be where you end up getting your draft. And you want to be number one if you can because you will get the first pick. Of the mm. of the games that come through, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope a, a hammer blow on both sides because this is one for Adkins who has been your closest rival. That's sitting on an eighty six, and in the actual championship showdown, this has really put paper in a pickle because Parky's got that, and now Parky's going to get Bayonetta three, which will probably score mid to high eighties minimum, and then Paper's left with God of War Ragnarok, and I think if Bayonetta scores over seventy odd, Paper can't win. Because even if God of War gets 100, it's still not going to be enough to overturn it. Mm. Um, because Paper, unfortunately, for whatever reason, I don't know if he thought Hall had a, an inside track or just thought, oh, Hall knows what he's doing, jumped on this new Tales from the Borderlands game, uh, which I don't know what people are playing at putting that in, and it scored a 75. And that's not really good enough at this level when you're fighting against the likes of Parky, who's putting together an average of 84. That's really going to hurt you. But it looks like the championship's going to go to Parky. The Grand Prix is a little bit still up in the air. So where we've got now is... Hall is actually top, but he's had the most amount of games out. He's had nine games out, 691 points. He's got one game left. Atkins is second. He's got eight games out, 648. He's the favourite at the moment in my eyes. Biff is alongside him in third, but he's got 6-3-1 with eight games out. And he's got Persona 5, which is not going to get a page, so he's out <laughs> of the running. And really, it leaves you on 5-4-7. So the 6-4-8 of Adkins, one game behind. So you need 100 to kind of be within <laughs> one, and then it would come down to the last two games. Not all over, but... It now requires something like Sonic Frontiers on Adkins's, uh, Adkins's team to mm. really go down the shit pan. I'm not even going to mention Adcock. He's blown it, so he's he's out the run yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But... I, I, I'm ad- adamant that Adcock just went and found the weirdest, shittest games that he could and just started throwing them in there. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to make it look like he was actually still taking part in it and taking it semi-seriously. Well, how do you feel um... about that? You've got three games left, a 101-point deficit. It's not all over, but... It's tricky oh, I mean, now. It's, yeah. I mean, it was gonna. It was always tricky, I think, anyway. I didn't do myself many favours by not having a full roster to start off with. Mm. Um, so I was always chasing the pack. So really, from where I've come from to be where I am now, to still sort of even be in discussion, I think, isn't isn't too bad going. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, I still think I've got some some good scores to come, but really yeah. I needed a bit more from what I had here but it was always a long shot yeah Yeah, and just for reference you've got God of War Ragnarok you've got Football Manager 2023 and Pentiment Adkins has got Pentiment will make it yeah that could Adkins has got Bayonetta 3 and Sonic Frontiers yeah I I won't be trusting that Sonic but 
but he gets away I've with seen it. I've some of the gameplay, and it, it's not... It, it's one of them things that could easily flop, I yeah. think. Um, I mean, I don't imagine it would be... I think if it if it does, it will be sort of... Lowest it will be is late 60s. Mm. I, I can't see it being a, an absolute horror show. Um, though there's still... I think there's still a significant amount of ground that I'd have to make up. Mm. Um, and I'd need God of War to really come almost the same or higher than what it what it did previous. So, uh, yeah, I think it's all but over, but there's always a chance. Yeah, who knows? Sonic might get fucking binned out of the year. You know, it's something that could happen. Yeah. Uh, there's no guarantees in this life, so we never we never claim it's completely over, but it's starting to heat up as things are taking place and, uh, yeah, we'll keep you informed as the games start rolling out. Let's get into some of the, the news or the events that took place since we last convened on idle game chat sony or playstation finally announced further details on the dual sense edge which i think for keeping it simple it's basically their take on the elite controller that we've seen from xbox um so they released a little trailer they put a playstation blog up with details on when it's going to launch how to pre-order it so it launches globally january 26th and the pre-orders can go in Tuesday the 25th sorry, of October. So if people want to be going after it, they can get it. As for what you get, you get swappable stick caps, replaceable stick modules, changeable back buttons, customizable button mapping, adjustable trigger stop and dead zones, tunable stick sensitivity and dead zones, Haptic feedback and adaptive triggers as standard. Controller profile settings, so you can set a profile for a game, I guess, and then switch it to that rather than having to keep manually moving it if you've got something set up for a first-person shooter versus something else. Adjustable audio, and of course, the lovely case in which you can charge it in. It's also got like braided... I'm making a big thing about there being braided USB charging with like a little locking mechanism, and I was like, "Was that really a big thing?" But I don't, I don't be getting involved with this premium stuff. <laughs> I think the the key word is premium here because it's going to come in at an eye-watering two hundred nine point nine nine two hundred and ten UK pounds. Jim's asking for, and then if you want to uh, get hold of the replaceable stick modules, that'll be a further nineteen ninety nine twenty. UK pans. This product isn't for me, price or otherwise. I don't have a. I don't see me needing this for single player games because that's what I'm primarily playing. It to me, this feels like something for the competitive player, or I don't. I actually don't know. But I know you've had an elite, or have an elite, I should say. Have played through yep. it. Um, what's your thoughts on what Sony are wheeling out here? You can start with price, you can start with features, you can start with whatever you want. What's the mm. what's the high level when you saw this? Thought well, that's the headline for me. I think firstly, I would say that even when I play first person shooters, I found myself using my trusty <laughs> normal controller, mm. my anniversary edition, Fair um, enough. because I like it. Yeah. It, you know, I, I don't. <clears throat> I wanted to try out this this elite thing. It's an itch that I had to scratch, and I I got it cheap on Amazon. So my elite, I think, was about sixty five quid or something. And I was like, well, at that price, yeah, I'll see what it is. Um, Have a gander. And I, yeah, and I, I, I must admit, I don't really understand it. 
Mm. I don't understand. Like, Hall swears by his... When he, well, when he used to play console, he swore by it. He used it for any game. He just yeah. much preferred it. I was just like, I don't, I don't be getting it. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say it's necessarily just for the competitive lot. Although mainly what people in competitive gaming use it for is the shorter trigger stops and yeah. uh, being able to have more precision aiming with longer um, sticks and things. like. I, I can understand that. Um wise <clears throat> i don't see price really putting people off i think if you want it it's something that you're going to get mm. irrespective and i think in terms of what sony need to offer they need to have that they need to remove the reasons for you to get an xbox and some people might prefer an xbox because they got that customizability on the controller mm. so they're kind of plugging a gap and it's a bit of it's got to be a money maker like yeah. the markup must be phenomenal on it i've always thought even controllers at like 60 quid that they are I'm like cool that is it feels steep for something that's gets used and chucked away most of the time because it gets yeah. beaten up um but yeah i think it's i think it's fine if people want it mm. I, I i just i don't know if it's that much of an event no, Does it's... that make sense? No, I think you're agree. It's all the bits you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, like they've given. It's nice that you can change some of the buttons on the back around and stuff. Like I think that's they're actually going a level above over what you can do by the sounds of it on the on the ser- on the um, elite because you can't change back buttons and stuff. You can just mess around with the sticks and the and the yeah. D pad. Um, so I'm fine with that. And I I must admit I do like some of the premiumness. It makes you feel a little bit special, like you're looking down on the paupers a little bit. I don't know yeah. if it makes you feel a little bit like that. Like it does feel premium. Like and when I plug my Elite in to charge and it's sitting in its nice little case, yeah, there's like, yeah. something satisfying about it. Um, but yeah, I just it's like, will I get one? Absolutely not, because I barely play my PlayStation as it is. Yeah. But um, I think in terms of giving people some of the stuff they perhaps want um it kind of i mean there must be people asking for it oh yeah it's funny though because i've always seen i've always seen the playstation as in terms of online competitive play how do i word this i've i think for some reason i see it as a bit more of a casual audience Mm. does that make sense shitting on them well i know i know what you're saying because the stats will back it up mostly. Well, they will. The, the, reason, the reason they're the market leader, in comparison to Xbox at least, I mean, you could say the Switch is now a level if not ahead, but the Xbox mm. is because they have the casual audience. There's not, there's not 120, hard, sorry, 120 million hardcore gamers or enthusiast gamers. I'd say 60, 70% of that is made up of casual people. And that's how you quote-unquote win the generation war is to have those people on board so i don't think that's unfair to say that at all most by virtue of them being the most popular console out of the two who are directly kind of competing in a lot of spaces they will have a a more casual audience um because Mm. that's kind of also what xbox are fighting for as well that's what you want yeah and i think the xbox went for the casuals a bit with the (coughs) series series s um Bunged all that together and said, Here you go, look, if you want to be a casual gamer, we'll do it at the right price with the right offering. Um, but yeah, I just, I, 
I am a little bit surprised, I think, just because I see it more as a, as a casual audience. But then there's always going to be, you know, the hardcore mob. I mean, Zelena, who's one of the, the main competitive uh, streamers that play Call of Duty, he was, I think, originally a PlayStation player mm. um, and streamed off his PlayStation. Might even still stream off his PlayStation. I don't know. But oh, um, yeah. he, uh, yeah, he, um, so, it, it, you know, there's always exceptions. But yeah, yeah I, I think, you know, they've obviously priced it. I don't know if it's that dissimilar to the um, the Elite. I think the Elite or the Series, I can't remember what they call it now, the, the Elite 2, Series 2 or whatever it is. I think that's going to be pretty bloody dear, isn't it? 160 quid Curry's are offering it to me for. No, that's the current one, isn't it? The one that I've got. Or is this the new... Elite Series 2. How many have they got? That's like, I lost track sure. of. I know they they're now doing custom what's names colors yeah. nearly, which is quite cool. Mm. I think Hall's gonna fucking buy another one to do that. Yeah. I thought there was only two. I thought they had an elite series and an elite series two, which is the newer one. I could uh, be wrong. I don't. Like I said I don't be getting involved mm. with all this sort of nonsense because you know for less than a hundred quid more, you can mm. pick up the series S and have a new console if you want. <laughs> with comparing money, it's like that's what it comes to. Yeah, the only one I can find on the Xbox store is yeah, 160 quid. It's actually on sale right now for 142.99. So maybe that is a uh, a, um, a ploy to to sneak a few people. Hopefully, there. it'll be built better. This PlayStation One. That well, that's bloody... yeah. I mean, I've heard some. I would say if you're putting down anything over 100 pound for a controller, like it has to work and be robust. And I've heard some horror stories from not just online crybabies, but people that i know like peewee's had a mm. bit of a howler with ease yeah and... he got one had to send it back and got a uh i can't remember what they're called a series or something like i can't remember a something or whatever i think now yeah i mean eventually you'll probably get one that doesn't break but there is a bit of a i don't know a bit of a stink coming off that control with that so sony should hopefully or playstation should hopefully avoid that but um at 210 quid that's you know 50 quid more give or take rrp yeah and um, extra 25 percent i don't be doing those percentages never learned it but i'd take your word for it no i mean for me it's not going to get if it ever comes down if i ever see it for 150 quid maybe but i'm just not gonna ronnie's gonna melt down if he has to fiddle with controller setups and i don't even like to change the button mapping even if it makes the game easy for me as it is i like to just leave everything default like mm. I mean, talk about the, the convenience of, of PC, of PC versus consoles, and what consoles you just plug and play. Mm. As soon as you have to start fucking building a controller for the game you're about to play, I'm like, well, that's, I don't want that. I'll just I'll play with the standard. The thing one. is, it plays with your mind, right? Because mm. I've had this where I've been sitting there playing Call of Duty with my elite, yeah, and I've all of a sudden gone. I've decided for some reason that I don't like that stick, so I'm going to change it. And you start meddling. You think, oh, I'll be better. Yeah, and you start meddling. It's like that Peter Wright in the darts. Like he changes his fucking darts every set. Yeah. Until he gets it right. Not, the problem is that, obviously, if you change your stick and you make your stick bigger, you need to then reduce the sensitivity in the game. Mm. So all of a sudden, you're doing this constant calibration between the, the, the physical controller you've got and then the settings in the game. And yeah. it's um, it takes a lot of fettling. I yeah. think that's the thing that, that it's kind of like I've almost got too much choice and i mean i must admit the one thing i like about this anniversary edition controller is it's got grip on the back yeah i had one of like those that, last that the standard one doesn't have so yeah. the, this is kind of for me like a nice little halfway house controller 
like between the elite and I mean, Steve ain't got to worry about the fiddling with the sensitivities or anything. He just it is yeah. going to be what it's going to be. It's um the the console, so I can pick it up and play it. I don't have to fettle around with it. It feels a bit too much. And then you start messing around with it. And you go, oh, is that better? Is that not? And then you just forever to your point. You're never happy with it, no. I don't think. And it gives people bloody excuse of why they're playing poorly. They go, oh, I ain't got the right fucking sticks on tonight. Well, fucking there's people jokers. years ago before that that used to get stick extenders and all sorts. Yeah, I mean, there's a market there. Obviously, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm just saying for me, I ain't... In, the mm. only thing, the only premium controller I can see myself buying is if one, if I saw one of these on a crazy deal that I thought, well, that's just... That's silly not to, to go with that just for the sake of feeling like I've got one over on either company. Mm. But really, I'm on, on the Xbox side, if they actually ever decide to introduce haptic feedback and, and adaptive triggers, like what the, the mm. standard PS5 controller's got, I am yeah. all over that because I love those features on the PlayStation. It really, yeah. it really, it's something quite subtle. And you only, I actually only notice it when I go and play on an Xbox mm. within the next week. I'm like, this feels a bit empty. It's really, mm. really odd. Um, I didn't think I would enjoy what that offers so much, but I do. So if mm. that's something they can introduce later on, I will buy it. If it yeah. comes to it being like a, you know, a new elite version, is the only one that's got it, I'll be like, all right, I'll suck it up because I just mm. think it's really does just add, add, add an extra layer to what the games that I've been playing. Some better than mm. others. Some games don't bother really using it, but even just the the standard rumble in there, the that, that's really nice um, yeah i must admit i do like i like the standard controller that the i like the dual sense like it's a really yeah. nice controller i don't like the stick layout for fps no, i just yeah. don't i just i i just prefer the xbox one yeah um but in terms of the build as you say the vibration i like the fact that there's a little like microphone and speaker on there like mm. i think that's a nice little touch that often goes unnoticed i do like the 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 as to you said, like the the backstops and everything, and the, the feedback, the haptic feedback, it, that is, as you say, it's a subtle little addition that that mm. makes things feel a little bit different. Like when you're pulling a bow, yeah, and it lines up a little bit and stuff. Like it's very subtle, but it's very cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'd like to see. It. It's strange, I think, that the Xbox hasn't done anything this gen really to to move the controller forward. No. Well, it's very much. I mean, Adkins and I said this when we first, the generation first started, we both got a Series X and both got a PS5 on launch. Mm. And even when we turned our Xbox on, the mm. dashboard hasn't changed even. Yeah. So even just that feeling of like, we've got this brand new bit of hardware, it's, like, it's just mm. like turning on our Xbox One X. And it, yeah. did, it did just feel a bit more of a continuation, which is fine. You know, not everything has to feel... You know, brand new, and sometimes if the dashboard is broken, do not. Uh, sorry, if it's working, don't bloody f try and fix it because you'll mm. make it worse. But there was that feeling, and then obviously when we got our PlayStation, we played that Astrobot game, which is just so good at showing off what can be done with that. We were yeah. like, this feels really like something new, and it's like a little, little tiny bit of magic there. Um, so mm. I really wish Phil would look at doing that. I'm sure they are. There was rumours that they'd sent round. Um, questionnaires to people on the insider program asking whether they'd like to see these features and I just think well it's a no-brainer like go for it it's, it's get it involved and then you've got mm. parity on that side and I will happily plump down some money to get that but anyway mm. 
DualSense Edge is going to be coming out for people there to pre-order in due course. And uh, well, it's two hundred dollars, okay, and then two hundred and ten UK pounds. So that <laughs> that exchange, that currency, that pound is in the real shitter. Unsurprisingly, given what's going on with our <laughs> government and other things with this country. What government? Well, <laughs> I don't know what it's. By the time this even airs, it may have changed again. That's the and that's not even a. I'm not even making that as a joke. It's entirely plausible. Yeah, that, yeah. That something else has happened. It's absolutely <laughs> bonkers, but mm. all good fun if you can make a laugh of it. Next one. And we're not going to discuss the 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 headline here, but it's a good catalyst for the subject that I did want to talk about. Call of Duty may not appear on Game Pass for a number of years due to a prior Activision slash Sony deal. Microsoft has claimed it is bound by prior agreements to keep COD off the service. So this was uh, Microsoft in this bloody CMA response to this bloody Activision deal that we're not going to talk about, but this is just an interesting side note. This is stuff that we've actually heard before, and it's come out again, and it's causing noise, blah, 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 blah. But essentially... There's an agreement, this is the quote, the agreement between Activision Blizzard and Sony includes restrictions on the ability for Activision Blizzard to place Call of Duty titles on Game Pass for a number of years. So the long and short of it is that they are, Sony in this instance, are paying Activision to not put Call of Duty, a game that they have paid to have marketing rights, first access rights on, on a service where it's essentially being marketed as free. That's that's the simple kind of what's going on there. We're not going to talk about the ins and outs of that. We know this is going on. I would be surprised if it's not happened in other companies that have, have been doing it. It's it's simply one of those things, and I can see people getting annoyed. Game Pass users really pissed off about this, saying they're stopping games coming to our service. I want the Netflix a game. Oh, you've got the Netflix a game because not everything's on that. <laughs> you got what twenty percent of stuff you want to watch on that. The rest of it's toss. You have to go and get eight other subscriptions to get everything you want. Doesn't exist this fucking reality where you just pay ten ninety nine and everything's on there. You have to make concessions, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, I wanted to use this and kind of get back that away because it's all fanboy nonsense for the most part, and do some rankings of shit house behaviour from. It's mostly Sony and Microsoft who are doing this because. Nintendo kind of get involved, but there's there's two big things that they don't do, which is like spending big money on purchases. But I wanted to kind of see if we can try and rank some of the the shit house activities that these firms do to try and make their platforms seem the most appealing. And we're not going to use specific examples because then people start getting silly about it. Like that's when the fanboy starts. It's just going to be. <laughs> A situation, a scenario with no, not going to paint either colour, red or fucking blue or fucking green. It's just going to be, this is what a company might do. So I kind of have a list of a few things that could potentially be shithouse tactics and hurt the other platforms players. And we, we could do this from the perspective of people who don't want to buy two consoles, which is fair enough. It's a bit bonkers to have two, I always think, but there I am and there you are sitting with both of them. And one will go six months without being played. No problem. That seems like a good investment, but others will raise an eyebrow. So this is for people that have sensibly decided to opt for one option and then don't mm. want to, can't afford to, have got some sane level of fucking brain power going on um, where you will be shafted by some of these activities that go on. So we've got 
buying what I call a mega publisher. So that's a big studio. What's well, a big set of studios, basically. Mm. Um, I said we weren't going to use examples, but the obvious one <laughs> we, we've spoken about. That's kind of like <laughs> what I mean by that. That's ten mm. times more expensive, pretty much, than any other acquisition that's likely to go through. So that's what I would call a mega publisher. Then you've got something like buying a publisher, a slightly smaller publisher with a number of studios or what, whatever. Then you've got mm. buying a single team, you know, a single development team, uh, one team that perhaps has a handful of IP under their belt and they, they produce a game once every two, three years. Um, paying to have a game permanently exclusive on your platform. Paying to have your a, a game timed exclusive on your platform. Exclusive content or early access to certain content or blocking a game from going on other subscription services. So out of all these, what do you think would be <laughs> the big ticket one that's going to have the, the biggest impact on the other player base? It's got to be that big publisher. It's got to be. Yeah, because the impact can be... Well, they own the rights to the games. They fulfil all previous agreements, and then it's in their control to do whatever they like. Yeah, and that could mean yeah. dozens of games that were previously on other platforms that are no longer there. So that I think, undisputedly, I would also agree that that's the biggest shit house move that you can do. And look, we know yeah. these are all shrewd business practices. We know that we're just talking about this from purely from the perspective of someone who's playing on yeah. the other side of this this argument. That's the mm. that does have the biggest impact. I I tend to agree. Um, and I guess arguably, and it depends which side it falls on, but paying to have games indefinitely, or at least you know indefinitely, remain on that console mm. without being able to go over to the other, is clearly shithousery because yeah. you either win or you lose. Yeah, like and there's no. You know, there's no grey area there. Nope. Um, you know, it's... Uh, you lock it down, it's there, and that's it. You won't, you won't be yeah. playing that. That's gone. Yeah, so you might win some, um, but you'll also lose some. I mean, as an example, I literally bought a PS4 to be able to play Uncharted 4. Yeah. You, you just, otherwise, it's just never going to come. It's slightly yeah. different, but, it's, you know, that's just the reality of it. So I guess, arguably, that could be considered shithousery uh, what sort of game would you say is an example of that like there isn't a an xbox or a, or a playstation studio game so this but is an independent developer that's or publisher that's just taken taken the bung yeah i must say people blame the buyer the person offering the money every single time so in these instances they blame microsoft they blame yeah. sony or playstation for this it's mm. like, also just remember the, the the guys, the development developer or the publisher don't have to say yes to this. No. If they truly gave a fuck about the gaming community, they could say, you know what, it's mm. nice that you've offered us a bung there. We don't want to yeah. do that because we don't want to get involved in this this dirty politics, or we feel like mm. we're going to be better off if we have it multi-platform because mm. we'll have more sales or, or whatever it might be. 
Mm. I just the, it's always one site. It's always like fucking PlayStation of bastards or fucking Phil's buying everything. What a can't It's like well, yeah. There are two parties doing this, and there are mercenaries mm. out there taking the bungs and laughing all the way to the bank and making far more than what they probably would have done by leaving it. So just keep that in mind that it's not always, you know, they're just they're trying their luck. Phil and Jim mm. will try the luck. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But mm. a game example, I would say this is a little bit contentious because we actually don't know if it's ever going to come to Xbox, but it's been two, three years. Final Fantasy mm. VII Remake. Um, that was initially, it felt like it was portrayed as a timed exclusive, mm. but it's been years now. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a permanent one, but that's an example of, you know, if you were a Final mm. Fantasy fan, Final Fantasy XV arrived lovely on your Xbox. But Final Fantasy VII Remake, nope. Suppose they'd never really say never. They'd just go, it's going to be on PlayStation. No. And then not say. Well, that's anything. basically what they did. They went quiet and yeah. it's like, what's going on? The, the, the rumor or the theory is that Sony keep paying every year to keep it off. Yeah. So they keep re upping the timed thing. But mm. for all intents and purposes, as we stand here and record this, it's permanent as it, as it stands because most of this stuff is yeah. only every year tops. I think like an early example of that would have been Rise of the Tomb Raider when Xbox paid to have that a year's exclusive on their platform. They kind of started that mm. trend last generation. Um, so that's what I would say as an example, although it's it's debatable whether it's a timed or a permanent one, but the effect at the moment is that it's, it's permanent, yeah. seemingly. Mm. Um, so that would be my view there. So would you say the permanent exclusivity goes above buying a publishing arm or a developer? Well, I think... You're stressing him out now. Yeah, well, it's difficult because... It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, well, it is. I, I think <laughs> I think if you buy a developer, so like Bethesda or something like that... Um, well, that's a publishing arm, but yeah. Sorry. Um, it doesn't matter. It's... Yeah. So say Santa Monica. Yeah. Like, say... Someone bought, say, Xbox bought them. That'd be an interesting one. I can't. Um, Sony own them. Well, no, but you know what I mean. If if, if Xbox bought them, like, I don't know. I don't know whether it would. I don't know if it's shithousery because they're, put, it's, they're putting proper money into funding it. Yeah. Now. What if they bought yeah, it and shut it down? Can you imagine that would be add that to the list? Yeah, that would be the, the ultimate <laughs> one. And I see what you're saying. That's. That's seemingly with good intentions. But could you not well, argue buying the mega publisher is that as well? They're buying it to take it into their operation and fund it and keep it going, but they also get a nice little kickback. I of- suppose well, we just have to go back to if you're the gamer. Yeah. And it's- uh, for example, at the minute, Acti, Acti Blizz are, mm. are strung across both, no problems. Yeah. That's not adv- advantageous. Is it, I guess, to to then to the to the gamer overall for that to be on one no. platform over another? No. So, I think that's why it's. You could argue that buying any any developer that currently sits cross-platform, I think that's where yeah. where the key lies, right? Forget perhaps where it is at the moment and using Santa Monica, but imagine all these developers that sit across them. And buying one of them, publisher, developer, mm. studio, whatever it is, you buy one that currently sits there. I think that broadly 
could be considered shithousery in terms of the effect on the gamer. Yeah, um, well, it, it and then ultimately the kind of the sub level to that is then obviously permanent and timed exclusives because yes. if it's timed, it's a bit shit because you have to sit there with feet up until it comes across. Well, I tend to argue that half these games are, are better by the time they've come to the other platform anyway because all the toots been ironed out. And you, oh, the amount of games that play... Games are objectively better at least six months down the line. Yeah. yeah I, in yeah. some ways, you're not missing anything. You're actually missing all the toot and you'll be able to play it when it's all nicely well, yeah, done. I mean, Deathloop's uh, a good example. That was a year's exclusive yeah. on PlayStation, came to yeah. Xbox, and they had added some stuff, made things a little bit better, tweaked it, but mm. also they'd redone the ending. Mm. So you're taking absolute titles there. But mm. if you're desperate to play it, that doesn't that will not satisfy people. Well, just wait a year; they'll rip your throat out. If they, well, yeah, I mean, year. imagine if you, as an example, you really want to play God of War. Imagine if that was coming to both, and then all of a sudden they went, ah, yeah, pulling that, pulling the rug out from under you. You'd be like, what? It's only going to I PC. And then I'll be sitting there with my arm round you, going, "Don't worry, it'll be better by the time you get in a year." They'll have ironed all out the get creases. Bitten. You'd be fucking livid. Yeah, I would. <laughs> so I guess it works with some games that you're not particularly eager to play necessarily day one. But mm. if you're eager to play it day one, then it's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I, I, I mean, in in the ideal world, everything just plays on everything. Yeah. And you, the console is solely down to preference and power and and whatnot. But that's not the world we live in. No. Um, See, so yeah, I I think like the top shit houseery. Really, you could argue is, I mean, I know we've talked about it, but that like a deal like Activision Blizzard's, mm. like that is, that is especially for the money they paid for it, like yeah. it's just ultimate shithousery. Yeah, I mean that's if you're on the other side of that, that absolutely is. That's the old one, and then buying a publisher, so say like a a Bethesda, mm. is probably the next down the yeah. list because yeah. Starfield next year is a good example of that. That's mm. you know. Bethesda Game Studios' next big game was mm. was hundred percent going to be coming to PlayStation before Microsoft bought them, and yeah. now it, yeah. it ain't. <laughs> See, no. You 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 ain't getting that. So yeah, mm. that's another impact because that can affect more than one studio. Developers, the next one. So yeah. Insomniac, Sony buy them. Say mm. kiss goodbye to Spider Man along with that, which is I mean, that's a little bit strange because that's a Marvel property. Yeah. And that that could change one day, but anything in Ratchet and Clank, you could say that's gone. Well, that was it's not. It's a bit of a bad example because a lot of their stuff wasn't cross-platform. They tend to do like Sunset Overdrive was Xbox only. Ratchet and Clank yeah. was PlayStation. So they were they were a bit mercenary. They were sort of playing both sides. But that mm. is that is kind of like a, an example of what what might happen there. I just have a really good example of that. I've just it's just crapped out of my brain. <laughs> It's tricky though. It's interesting you reference there about playing both sides because mm. it's clearly a tactic they want to employ. Like, and it, it, you'd be wrong not to. Oh, yeah, like, no. Why would you only want to limit it, your options? It to, offers so much security. If Microsoft mm. or Sony come along and say, "We will pay you to put this on our platform," you, you essentially will cover the development costs. Mm. Whereas if you go it alone or go with a smaller publisher, where they're like, "Well," We'll give you a little bit, but ultimately, if the game doesn't sell well, no one's going to get paid here. Then you're like, oh. <laughs> Whereas if Sony or Microsoft come along, generally they will cover a lot of the development costs. So you think, well, we're sorted mm. for this project. You know, hopefully we yeah. don't, don't fucking overrun it by eight years and get the <laughs> ump. 
And then if it sells well at the end of it, we'll get a little bonus at the, the back end of it and whatnot. And there's mm. all other things that go on. It's definitely yeah. the way to be doing it if you can. And then if you're the owner of that, if you're the founder of that studio, and then they yeah. come along and say, 400 million, you go, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> you're laughing, isn't you? I mean, you do. I mean, it's fair enough for, for, for us to sit here and go, well, you shouldn't do it. I you know. should think about all the games. No. And it's just like in the real world, you do people it. take the... Uh, you know, people always take a little bit less what they're guaranteed as opposed to what they could potentially get. Yeah. Like, it's, it's always going to happen, so you can understand it. Yeah. So we've got buying mega publisher, buying a publisher, buying a developer or a studio, permanent exclusive, yeah. timed exclusive. The last two to get in order are blocking the game from going on another subscription service or yeah. exclusive content. So... Hogwarts Legacy, for example, I think has an exclusive mm. quest. It's not very common now. I must say, I've not seen this for a long time. But mm. usually cosmetic shit. Sometimes it's brand related in that it'll be a Sony character or Microsoft character, which completely makes sense mm. why you won't have that in other games. But we're t- mm. for all intents and purposes, we're talking about a mission or maybe a map on a multiplayer mm. game or something like that that's not going to come versus someone saying look that ain't going on the other subscription service and for for at least three years until we've had our fucking eating off that table so basically like call of duty not going on to game pass basically something like that yeah um i would probably say that i would put um the exclusive content over not going on to Mm. a subscription service because you're going to get it at some point. If that's what you want to do, it's going to go on that subscription service at some point. You ain't ever going to get that exclusive content. Well, you like, guess what? So, is it is a novel thing. You could buy the game if you really wanted to play it. Yeah, exactly. You could. You can so, still do that, do you know? No. I only play it if it goes on subscription services. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I say that, and I've just recently pre-ordered one. So physical. Physical, yeah. That's where you, get, um, where you can save the money. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking about this because we're talking about God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I'm wondering if I can find you a deal where you top up your PSN wallet for seventy pounds equivalent, but it's, yeah. you pay less than sixty quid, so it's cheaper to buy it digitally. If that makes sense. Ah, uh, see what you mean. So what you're saying is, yeah, yeah. So when you that's what you discussed earlier, wasn't yeah. it? where you can buy like a, a, a fifty pound one forty five. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah, you can do like two thirty five pound yeah. ones for. Fir- I'll have a look. Yeah. I don't know why I sent you that, to be honest. I just thought, well, I'll send it on. I t- I've, honestly, I don't mind. The worst, the, to be fair, the cheapest way of doing it is play it, trade it. Yeah, that is true. That right, is true. and then I'm I'm absolutely quitting, whether yeah. I will or not, I don't well, know. Well, you but... end up playing it and leave it for three years, so you won't be getting much trading value if you don't get on top of it. Good Lord. If I get it day one, I don't think I'll be able to not play it day one. No. We'll see. I'll hold you to that. Mm, yeah. um, so then we've so actually we've gone for number six, which is exclusive content. Oh, yeah. it's going to be no. Yes, that's going to be worse yes. than blocking a subscription service. I think I, I actually think that's about where I don't think I've got any disagreements there. And I know the the subscription mob are going to cry about it, but you got to realise that they are actually one of the lowest. I had done the stats months ago of Adkins. Ampere an- mm. analysis did a you know, a what's name, like a little study, 4% of the gaming market it makes up. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, I think it included all level, number of two. Mobile might have been included in that. 
But even yeah. on the console side, I think it was 20%, which again yeah. is not the majority, not close. Mm. And then last week, we had the figures for what Game Pass had made, and someone crunched the numbers. Xbox's total revenue is 18% for the year. Yeah. So again, it's not like it's 60, 70% in all these people. Like, it's actually, you know, there's two, there's two to 300 million console gamers out there. There's 25, 30 million Game Pass subscribers. Ten, it's 20, it's, what's that, 10%, 20%? Mm, yeah. Like, it's not actually yeah. a lot of people, but I think because in this infuses bubble, this fucking community yeah. people live in, it feels like it's this massive thing, but it's not, it's not like that yet. I mean, I don't, I'm not one of those people that says it won't end up like that, but it's... Most people don't want to play the two that we play. They don't want to sit there playing I said, 20, 30, 40 hours on, on that bloody game. They think it's sad. Yeah. They think like God of War's sad. Oh, fucking losers play that. I'll play GTA Online. <laughs> the geezer I used to work with. Every night he's on it. Every night he's on Call of Duty. Uh, for, yeah. GTA Online, sorry. Yeah. I'll a load say, of people I, still just play all these older. Yeah. Like they're, they're happy with what they got. They don't want to go on Game Pass and go, well, what's this new indie game? Like, couldn't give a shit. <laughs> Don't Could care. not care less. Like, why would you play that? Do you play a Plague Tale Requiem about you know rats and this? Co- no. <laughs> anyway, that's our seven mega publisher, publisher, developer, permanent exclusive, timed exclusive, exclusive content, blocking subscriptions. So that's the shit house rankings there. Um, European power rankings, which is the game rankings or the game sales, I should say, for Europe, are in. So here's the top mm-hmm. 10 for September 2022. Unsurprisingly, FIFA 23 is number one. Number two yep. is NBA 2K23. Number three, Splatoon 3. Again, Nintendo don't give us digital sales, so hugely impressive. Number four is Grand Theft Auto 5. Number five, this is the interesting one for me, is The Last of Us Part 1. I was wondering how this would do because A, it's only on PlayStation 5, so it's on a yeah. low install base. Two, no one wanted it, if you listen to what people are saying. <laughs> Three, it was too expensive. And four, it's a fucking 2013 game that doesn't need... That... I don't know if that's high or low for that, but I I was not expecting to see it in the top five, I would say. I thought it would be in the top ten, but top five, that mm. may have done better than it. I expected it because it has, you know, it has the lowest install base of a lot of the games that come out. Um I'll be really interested to see if it ranks next week, uh, next month. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it will. I, I think it'll be. I reckon it'll be fucking gone, and then that will tell us a more of a picture. Number six, Red Dead Redemption Two. Number seven, F One Twenty Twenty Two. Mario Kart Eight comes in at number eight. Saints Row gets in at number nine, and our favourite Assassin's Creed Valhalla returns to the charts at number ten. So a nice boon there. Unbelievable. Well. There's some really incredible games. In I cannot believe that GTA is still in there. Red Dead 2 as well. I know. What are we doing? Well, it's unbelievable. So I've done these power rankings, which is how many, you know, you get you get 10 points of finishing first in the top 10. Mm. You get one point for finishing 10th in the top 10. It's been going on since February. Because um, yeah. FIFA 20, 2022 now is, is over, yeah. it's, it's funny to see it just die like disappear yeah, it. yeah. it's really it's quite funny to see that yeah um grand theft auto 5 now takes the lead in the power rankings with 58 points it's been in the top 10 every month that we've had this data this year i don't know what 
people are putting into it. Who's that bloke playing it? So does it work? But he's not buying what? it. He's already got it. So. This is what I mean. So Who hasn't like... got it? it... <laughs> Can someone fucking send me a message and say, I haven't got this yet? Must be. Like, it must be people buying, like, bucks or whatever they're called. It like, ain't. Money on it. These are sales. This is, is sales for the copy of the game. I can't believe that. <laughs> Oh, almost to the point where I, I want to I wanna say it's, you're wrong. Saying it's wrong. Well, look, Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz does this every month. He gets it from... I can't. I can't believe there's people. The, the thing, I can't, A, I can't believe there's people that are buying it. And I can't believe there are enough people buying it every month for it to be in the top 10 games. Mm. It's bizarre. I mean, it's incredible, but it's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, well done. <laughs> it's... Um... It so that must be the most successful game ever, uh, ever. Well, single title must... for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. the only the only thing you could probably well, it, Fortnite it gets a bit messy now with the free to play stuff yeah, because they do yeah, just yeah. make bank. But Grand Theft Auto Online equally makes bank, so it's actually yeah, it doing it from it. both sides. It's selling a. I mean, these aren't GTA Five is not sixty quid anymore. It's just not. No. So this is for the number of units shifted, not the financials. So. Perhaps on a different ranking, it would it wouldn't appear so high because you're only paying twenty quid a pop rather than fifty, sixty quid. I still think it's incredible though. Oh yeah, like if it, like in in that, it's actually even more impressive that mm. it's on volume yep. sold as opposed yep. to the money. Yeah, I think because Agreed. it's just incredible, as you say. Who hasn't got this yet? I don't know. Who these Xbox three sixty game. <laughs> it is. It is. It's not even a. It's incredible. Oh, no. Anyway. Anyway, that's what's going on there. It's always fascinating to dive into that and just see how wrong (laughs) I am when it comes to what's important in this industry. It's it's incredible. It it really ain't a lot of the stuff that we talk about. It really isn't. When you fucking... Mm. You look at the free-to-play rankings, it's even fucking worse. (laughs) Right. 30 FPS slop has made its return... Headlined yeah. by Gotham Knights and a Plague Tale Requiem, both games shipping without what's been known as performance modes on consoles. I'm sorry, if you're PC Master Race, you can quite happily audibly <laughs> laugh at this entire segment because this doesn't really affect you and it never has. And this is always a thing that why would you be dealing with these consoles? And this is why, because we're squabbling over 30 FPS slop making its return. But anyway, Gotham Knights and a Plague Tale Requiem, two games that yeah. are out or coming out in this sort of month period and have both shipped without a 60 FPS option. What's interesting to know is neither of these games are available on last gen consoles. Yeah. So they're not on Xbox one. They're not on PlayStation four. They are current gen and PC exclusives. If you want to table it that way, mm. I guess the question here is, I don't want to talk about the technicalities behind because I don't think we know. We've got no idea how complicated it is to build one of these games, how to get it to work, how to test it, how to make sure that when you... You know there's games out there, if you increase the frame rate, it increases the damage of a certain action because it's tied to the speed of the character. Yeah, yeah sure, I understand. Resident yeah. Evil 2 yeah. is one of those. So on PC, mm. if you run it at 120 frames and use the knife, you do more yeah. damage. Yeah, that's incredible. There's all these little. I hadn't thought about. It, there's all but... these little things that can happen. But in any case, from a a player's point of view, how big? Well, because we've been a bit spoiled. Yeah. First two years, give or take, 60 FPS has been in most high-profile games. 
Mm. We're now starting to see 30 FPS only come in. What's your opinion on that? Do you need 60 FPS these days to be playing your video games? Or you would you be happy to go back to 30 FPS slop? That old mud crap, as people would say. I think it really depends on the game. So... I would hate to be playing Overwatch 2 in 30 yeah. frames per second. Yeah. Like, and I think in a, in a competitive multiplayer, FPS like makes a difference. Yeah. Um, but if I was playing Tales from the Borderlands, like, I'd, or some sort of narrative game, or like whatever it might be, it wouldn't really materially affect, I guess, <coughs> my enjoyment of the game. What about um, this? Yeah. And actually, God of War Ragnarok has got a performance mode and will have 120 FPS mode if people have got the display for it. But let's think of something like God of War, which you've recently played, and that game would... That's sort of an action third-person game, not first-person. Does that need 60 FPS butter, or can you get away with 30 FPS slop there? Considering And let's be honest, last gen, that's all we had. Yeah. There's very few 60 FPS games. Uncharted 4, 30 FPS... The the third point I was going to get to I was in, didn't I? Silly. Yeah, but you were right to point it out. I oh. was naturally going to get there, but you're right to doubt whether I would. Because actually, <laughs> when I got my Series X, I was halfway through Assassin's Creed. Oh yeah, yes. Um, yes. Was, was you really halfway through, or do you think you were halfway through and actually one percent through? Because that'd be well, yeah, essentially. <laughs> I hadn't played as much as I thought I had, but um, I played a significant amount on my on my um, on my old console, and then I obviously started playing on the Series X, and I was like, "Wow!" Like loading mm. times, like the, the frame rate was completely like changed the game for me, and it, then it sets your expectation at a level. Yep. So if I then went back to try and play, like. I just think I'd just be like, what is this? I can't do it. I think your brain, it's like, I always liken this, right? When I used to play on a PS1, yeah. and I, I just accepted that as my reality. Yeah. Like, and you go, this is as good as it's going to get. I can't believe how good it is. Well, you didn't have the fucking internet went... telling you how bad it was. Well, there is also that. that. But I think my point is, if you went back to play some of those original games now, you go, yeah. how on earth did I even manage to? So I'm so not playing Metal Gear be... Solid ever again. Yeah, <laughs> I refuse this is the to tarnish thing. it. So you, you're, you're. When things progress, your expectations of what games should deliver also changes. So, mm. I think I can understand why people are like. It's even. I got a new phone recently. Yeah. Right. I what I was gonna get a Google Pixel Six A. I was like, it ticks all the boxes. I'll yeah. tell you why I didn't get it, because the screen on it is locked to 60 frames per second. And I could get another one that's got double that, 120. And I was like, I know it will bother me, and I'll know I'll notice. So, in that Clash Royale, them frames. Well, no, just in, just even in menus yeah, and scrolling yeah. and stuff, I was like, it's going to bother me, knowing that... <clears> so when the option's there, I've got options for 120 frames on my phone now. Mm. And people have got phones, and it's 60 frames per second, like the the default just on a phone. So then when you play a game yeah. and it's chucking out 30 by almost every standard, it looks choppy and n- like not as smooth as you'd like it to be. And it's what you're used to seeing objectively a less desire. I just, and I don't know if this is the right. T- this is a bit of a absolutism, but the game objectively will play better with the higher frame rate. Yeah. 
It'll look smoother. It'll, it'll play smoother, better. It'll yeah. be more responsive. Mm. I mean, is any controversy in saying that? Doubly so. Mm. Not even just in doubly. So mm. if it's yeah. if you've got thirty and it goes up to sixty, you are it, it, the performance and the the, the per, it doubles. Yeah. Like it's not even just like going from thirty to thirty-five frames or thirty. No. Like it literally immediately doubles. So yeah, I can understand. Probably well, I can understand why people look down on that now and sort of go that is garbage because the simple fact is is that wherever you go i mean you know my monitor's now 120 hertz my phone's 120 like yeah. that's the standard so the bare minimum really for gaming is 60 cool it is realistically like and anything below that especially when you're doing anything graphically or you say there's action sequences and things it is noticeable oh, it, it just is yeah. Yeah, it is noticeable, and um, I thought this was going to happen. A lot of people seemed like, oh, no, no everything will be 60 from now on. And I was like, don't, mm. I would be, don't take that approach. And I don't know if I expected this soon, sort of within two years. But mm. what's, I guess, concerning if you're 60 minimum ride or die is that there's been very few PS5, Xbox Series X, only games a lot of it's been cross-gen yeah you know so they're built within the mm. framework of the ps4 and the xbox one to start with lowest common mm. denominator as i like to say you can only do so much these two and gotham knights famously binned the ps4 and xbox one version a few months ago went nah it's not happening now so i imagine how that was running at least they fucking binned it unlike cyberpunk but the concern wow. is these these <laughs> these are Wow. Current gen titles of a very few number, and there's two of them in quick succession that are struggling. So you're going to get onto what they're blaming it on? No, well, it's different. They're not. People have speculated that the Series S <laughs> is costing. The lowest common denominator. Well, look, let's read a quote. <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't know if I was going to go down this road road necessarily. I think we have to. I think well yeah. Microsoft's entry level Xbox Series X is S, sorry, is limiting the potential of new gen games, a developer at Indie Studio Boston Studios has argued. Now he doesn't he's not saying the 30 FPS is doing this, but no. I think the intention is saying it's limiting it anyway, it is a problem. VFX artist Ian McClaw made the claim on Twitter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he actually say? Here we go. It might sound broken, but the reasons you are hearing hearing it a lot right now is because many developers have been sitting in meetings for the past year desperately trying to get the Series S launch requirements dropped. Studios have been through one development cycle where the Series S turned out to be an albatross around the neck of production, and now the game and now that games are firmly being developed with new consoles in mind, teams do not want to repeat the process. So that tweet was swiftly deleted after a massive blowback because obviously you get fanboys and people probably genuinely challenging that. Um, but there was another tweet that went out. Where's the little bastard here struggling to get it all right? Here we go. I wish gamers understood what 60 FPS means in terms of all, thi- of all the things that they lose to make a game run fast. 
So this was from Lee Devonold, who's also deleted his Twitter account after this. Especially taking into account that we have a current gen console that is not much better than the last gen one. <laughs> he says, says multi platform. Yeah, multi platform games need to be optimized for the lowest performer. He went on to claim that quote entire generation of games is hamstrung by that potato. <laughs> Because Microsoft insists that the games are released on both Xbox Series S and the relatively more powerful Xbox Series X. Yeah. So he's right. It's it's swapped now, isn't it? What's being blamed here. But I mean, what do you make of that? Because the argument is that the most popular GPU, according to Steam surveys, is a 1060, a GTX 1060, okay? That was made in Mm. 2016. Yeah. But again, this people don't take do the extra mile. They don't be bothering. They don't actually look at what the most played games are on Steam: Counter Strike Global Offensive, Dota Two, yeah. PUBG Battlegrounds, Apex Legends, Lost Ark, Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah. Rust, Team Fortress Two, yeah. The Sims Four. You have to go to the tenth most played game, which at the moment is Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. Those yeah. nine others are all old games or low requirement yeah. on that. So you know, the, the ten sixty thing is a thing because it's. PC games are scaled down that far, but I don't know whether necessarily the games that have been played in the PC space, according to Steam's rankings, are those that are pushing the limits. Um, and some of these console games aren't either, but you have to keep that in mind also. Anyway, I've waffled. Off you go. Well, I just think it ties nicely in. So you've got what we've got here is a couple of games that are obviously trying to scale their game to fit on this s right so Mm. could is there there's clearly an argument or at least a link there between some developers for whatever reason are are finding it hard to fully adapt and give everything to both i mean you know like call of duty will do it very well somehow i don't know how they do it they do they've got fucking um, about eight million people working on it right so this is it's all rich it's resource and time really yeah it comes down to i'm sure all these guys could technically figure something out but so the argument is is you know clearly if they're developing it for two consoles rather than three which is essentially what they're doing because it's got its own set of power restrictions and requirements that has to be optimized for what they're saying is is because that thing's a bag of old shit they're having to it's easier for them and it's less resource intensive to basically just scale it down completely mm. rather than have to try and re-optimize it so i think i think it's a valid point um and to be fair i remember looking at this when i was because when i was going to get the series x we were talking weren't we and i was like oh you know i can't get older one for love nor money and i, I think i talked to you about potentially looking at an s yeah and i think in the end i was like well i don't like the idea that i'm going to get something even though for what I want to do, it'd probably tick the boxes. I don't like the idea of something with less power. Yeah. Like I want I want the most power that's available to me. And this is just proof to me, I think, that it's not up to snuff, really, <laughs> in long term. It, it it's it's more for this kind of casual audience, I guess. The ones that are not that bothered about certain games or performance or they just want to turn it on for an hour a week and play a bit of FIFA or something. Mm. I think that's that's what it's at. So is there an argument then that Xbox should say these are the games when they're going through that cycle, engaging with the developer to actually say, 
what's the impact of having it on there? Do we want it on there? Is it critical to the strategy of the S, whatever it is? Mm. Um, I think I think it's a valid point. I mean, PlayStation don't have an alternative. They just went, here's your PS5. You can have a discless one, but there's no less powerful PS5. No. You've but... just got what you've got, whereas Xbox have done this halfway house jobby. Um, Fucking print has gone off on its own. Sorry. <laughs> I was. Wondered what was going on. I was like, "Is it the woofer?" Like, <laughs> no, no, he's not doing anything. No. Yeah. Just started well, so look, yeah. look, Phil's never going to sign off a mandate that says people cannot publish it and put it on the Series S because it's at that point you're just essentially putting a middle finger up to everyone that's bought. If they said, "Look, fucking, let's just use one of the Gotham Knights is coming to Xbox Series X, PlayStation Five only." If you've got a Series S, sorry, you can't play it. It's yeah. just not palette. It's just not going to happen yeah, because yeah, Xbox yeah. can't do that. I don't think they want mm. to do that either. I think they would rather the developers figured out a solution. Um, but is it is it it's worth having this conversation at least tracking it? I think it'd be interesting, really, to see how something like Starfield does. Yeah, it's coming out on Xbox mm. and PC only, mm. and usually with these first party stuff where it's designed mm. or, or, or developed around one console at least, and, and perhaps a PC version, they tend to extract more performance and more fidelity. I mean, look at all the first-party Sony games, for example. Yeah. They always look mm. the fucking bollocks, but they're only yeah. ever developing it for that one or two platforms yeah. in this case. So they've got a mm. much narrower scope of testing and all this other stuff that comes with it. If Starfield comes out and is some sort of horrendous disaster on Series S then the question will have to be raised again because mm. that's one of your in-house big talented developers struggling to get a a game of scope for the series x and the power that's there to run on a a lesser system yeah i think that has to be the t- i think until then they get a stay of execution because i see both sides like i understand that mm. they should make it work, the developers. It's, it's it's not lazy, but I don't agree with any of that. But, you know, you're putting out a product, you should make sure it works for all the platforms. But I also sympathise with the developers. Depends on how their engines work. They might not be, might have as many technically gifted people. And also, mm. it's time. Every extra platform has got to run through all number of checks, bug testing, fixes, yeah. individual issues that flare up only on that system. Mm. Like, it becomes a bigger job. Same question yeah. we had when they said, oh, we're going to do these pro consoles and series and, and one consoles, like the, the souped up mid-gen. I was like, fuck me, how many, mm. how many systems are these poor bastards <laughs> going to be developing for? Yeah. I, mean, it's a, I don't think it's a black and white answer to it. I think it's dependent on studio by studio. Those that can eat the cost of developing on multiple platforms will and will look like they can do it. Those who are on a tighter budget or a smaller budget or a, mm. a power vacuum or sorry people vacuum in terms of technical stuff they're not going to have the resources to do it and you're going to see cases like this yeah. and um obviously the developers don't want to come out and say this they want to mm. irk microsoft and say that fucking series s is a lump of shit it's <laughs> holding us back they don't want to publicly slay it because they're mm. potentially throwing away that game pass money that little gold rush that we talked about last week where there's millions of pounds being offered to be put on that you don't want to mm. Give Phil the arsehole. I guess it but... just depends, doesn't it, right? I mean, 
I don't think you should feel that bad if you bought a Series S and it then ain't up to snuff. There's certain no. games come out and they go, well, it ain't up to snuff for that. Sorry. Like my laptop ain't when up you, to snuff anymore when you to say, play anything. When you say not up to snuff, though, do you mean can't play it at all, just plays it yeah. in a poor state? No, no, no. So say your example of Starfield. Say yeah. or whatever game it is, They uh, someone comes out and goes, it, it needs the power of the Series X, simply. Like it, we can't get our idea to work on that adequately to what we'd want to present to you on that like why is that such a negative thing because when you actually think about it it is then it is limiting the idea and the capability of what developers can do because they are having to cater for that lesser technology 1060 2016 tech most popular yeah but then they could just whip out and put something in like it I, i i'm not saying it's excusable but I think having a console like that impacts people like you and me, the people that have shelled out the dough because we're not getting the full experience that perhaps we could do because they're having to spend time, money and energy and ratchet certain elements back mm. to cater for this console that isn't much better than a last-gen console. Like It just seems bizarre to be doing that. Does it not? Does it not seem bizarre? Like, do you not think that these these guys have got a point? They're going, look, this is ridiculous. You've said, here's all the power, but we can't actually do that because we've got to consider the power of the Series S. So yeah, it's oh, yeah. Both the PlayStation and the Xbox back, really. Well, I always say when there's a cross-gen game, there's you, that's a compromise. And if it's on God of War Ragnarok, mm. that will have elements in it because it's running on a PS4 somewhere in the world, you know. We've got the super fast loading of, of God of War, but there'll be moments mm. in that game, I can almost guarantee it, where you, you squeeze through, you, you crawl through a little tunnel. <laughs> and that's not the desire, you know, that's not because they want you to do that. It's because the game on the PS4 needs to load Action the next up. zone. Yeah, yeah. You'll notice things like that. And yeah. I, I am in the boat that, yes, you, you break off the shackles and go forward. It, it can make a material impact. I do question mm. how many games this realistically affects, or how many are really that yeah, ambitious. Agrees. Like yeah, it, it, it probably is a bit of an edge case, but undoubtedly, it it has an impact on design, what you're looking at mm. doing, what you're looking at, you can and can't do. Because and one of the good things about the Series S, at least, it does have the super speedy SSD. So yeah. those those type of design things can be catered for. But yeah, it 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 it, it does. I just don't. Microsoft can't allow that though they can't allow that narrative to be publicly displayed either yeah. from they're not going to do it themselves certainly they never would but from mm. developers and they do not want that story to be circular that excuse to be used no i know yeah so yeah, they're not going to yeah. they're just simply anyone who says that to them they're going to say no you won't you can't won't, do that you're not doing it on a series x then yeah. i can almost guarantee i mean i'll yeah. eat i'll eat some crow happily just for the controversy <laughs> it, would, it would bring but I just don't see a world where they sign off on that and essentially stick a f- couple of fingers up at the Series S users because that wasn't necessarily what was sold. That wasn't part of the deal. That wasn't part like of the, the deal. original deal. I yeah. still think I that if you're looking at it logically, you kind of wonder whether that would be part of it. You kind of think, well, I've taken a gamble there and maybe I do lose some Long term, maybe not in the first year or two, but I think long term, yeah, there's almost get... an argument. I, I, I'm pretty brutal with this kind of stuff. Like, I always think, like, we're two years now into this gen, mm. really. Like, piss off Xbox and PS4. Like, 
done. Like it shouldn't Off even you go. be. If you want to play the new shit, get the new hardware. Can't get it, mate. I know there is a slight issue around that. I do get it, but it's still just frustrating that you still, to your point there, still being hamstrung by the previous gens. And imagine doing that as a developer. You must be like, fucking hell, this is. Imagine playtesting. You'd be like, why am I playing this? That I spent all this time and effort developing on this bag of old shit. Imagine me <laughs> trying to play it on that six-year. How old was it? Eight-year-old Xbox One. Like, can you imagine? Mm. Yeah, but you just been. I, the PC space is the is surely the the example that games generally can be scaled to work on. Fucking what's that? Five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old architecture yeah. like Playtale Requiem, for example. Okay, yeah. now, I know there's a stark difference between minimum <laughs> specs and recommended specs, all right? Yeah. If you've got those minimum specs, just be warned you're in for a potentially a rocky ride. A rocky ride. <laughs> but it'll work. It'll fucking boot up, but I don't know how much gameplay you're necessarily going to get out of. I'm just going to quickly look up the, uh, the year of this card because I'm not actually aware of it. It's the GTX 970 release date. 2014. Okay, so that, I've got. Mm. The, I've got I should have done this earlier, but I wasn't expecting to turn it's on fine. this. So re- recommended. Okay, I'm going to use the Nvidia because I don't understand AMD's graphics cards. I don't know when they're released or what they're up to. Yeah. RTX 3070 is the recommended. That's a couple of years old. I think mm. 2020 they came out with that, and that's. Kind of like the mid-range card, the new ones. That's the recommended specs. But they are saying on the minimum specs, you could, in theory, play this on a GTX 970, which came out in September of 2014. Mm. So that's pretty good scalability. Um, obviously, there's other things that you've got to consider your CPU and stuff, but that's not yeah. they're not bank-breaking you know, stuff from what I can see there. So the argument, mm. I mean, it happens in the PC space. So this Series S, which has the SSD at least, some of this mm. stuff for this PC, people are playing on hard drive still. Which <laughs> uh, it's it's super difficult yeah. the PC because you've got way more flexibility and customizability in terms of the options available to you to to maximize what you've got. Yeah. With the consoles, it's literally like it's already done for you. You've got mm. no choice really i mean even now it's just performance <clears throat> or not like mm. it, there's there's no real kind of graphic settings or any variability in it um i just think there is an argument it might not be the case necessarily with the two these two that are locked at 30 it might have just been other technical reasons and they're just it's just coincidental but i think they're basically saying this is this is hamstringing us a little bit and i think that should be the concern mm. that Throughout this gen, the lowest common denominator will be that S, and it will be a pain in the ass. Yeah, I think that is a, the broad concern. Yeah, I think that's fair. it's interesting. Devs coming out and, and pretty much saying the same. They have, but then they've deleted all the comments. I don't know why. Well, they don't want to I ruffle mean, up whoever the. I reckon the actual developer, whoever runs it or whatever, because these are just staff members. Yeah, have gone. Don't be saying that because. You'll wind that up. Ain't, you'll, you'll, yeah. what's, especially the potato comment is. Well, there's no mention of words there. It's like that series <laughs> S is not up to snuff. And there's a rule number one I've found. If right? you're yeah, if you're working Don't on a game, if you're working on a game that you've you're going to present and pitch to Microsoft for a Game Pass deal yeah. in the next three months, 
You don't want him to go, well, you called this potato. <laughs> chuck that across the desk. You're going to be sitting there. There's all a little bit of politics going on and whatnot. It's covering, covering yeah. of arses. I'd say so. I mean, I know, but it's like, it. I think it adds credence to it. Like them mm. literally saying, this is causing us some problems because it's not up to snuff. Yeah. Yeah, I... I I think most are more inclined not to mention it in public at all because of what I've said. So yeah, to see that some yeah. people have tried the luck and then evidently either thought better of it mm. or been told to pull it shows... You'd be frustrated, a... though. Like, imagine yeah, you're you going and everyone going, ah, oh, it's 30 FPS shit. You go, well, hang on a minute. I'm having to build it for this piece of old toss. What do you want? Yeah. It's a tricky <laughs> game. I wouldn't be surprised if a Plague Tale Requiem eventually got a performance mode. And maybe at that point, it's it's the other thing I said. It's time. It's like we can yeah. technically do it, but you mm. want this game to come out in the next two months or the next year if we sit there toiling away trying to get that no. working. So I think you got Peppa Pig with a performance mode. So what are we doing? Well, the fidelity on that is amazing. <laughs> That'll be up there for top <laughs> graphical <laughs> powerhouse experience of the, of the yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway. We have waffled, but that was that was entertaining, so it was well worth it. Um, how do we do about the the next the the um the game that they're going to hear about to close out the episode? That's the real concern. It's going to be a beefy episode. Um, I tell you what, I'm just going to do it in chronological order because there's stuff sitting there that's been rejected. So far, changing tides. Going to pull that okay. in. Okay. And uh, that's going to be dropped in to see out the the episode. If you made it this far, thank you. But you've still got another 20-odd minutes or so to go if you want to hear about far-changing tides and whether that makes its way into the coveted DIMP Digital Gaming Gallery. But we're going to take a pause just now, and we will see you on the other side. Here we are then, back with some gaming impressions of a video game that you can play today. This time it's far changing tides. I'm going to share my opinion of this little known game that I played on Game Pass. And our resident referee Logan is here to keep things ticking along, stop me from rambling and hopefully extract some useful information from myself. So I'll, uh, I'll hand over to you Mr Logan for far changing tides. Yeah, so another, what I would probably put ignorantly in a palate cleansing pile. Yeah, it was. If that's, if that's fair, going through the Game Pass uh, uh, wardrobe, seeing what's in there and getting all the palate cleansers out after uh, after some long games you've played lately. Yeah. So on that basis, I presume this is kind of in the indie territory. I know nothing about it. Other than I even said to you, what is it called again before we did this? <laughs> yeah. So it is pure ignorance. Yes. It's, it's very much a, an indie title developed by Okomotive, who before this game came out, had no idea who, who they were and published by Frontier Foundry. And yeah, I had no idea exactly who the creators were what the game really was other than again i'd seen buzz knocking around on the interwebs in these enthusiast circles uh, and noticed it was on game pass so earmarked it knowing that i would you know quite enjoy a 
proverbial palate cleanser to come down the pipe and this was you know that that this fit the bill absolutely i will i will read off some of the description not all of it is a big one again but just to try and set some expectations for people and give you a little idea whilst you probably scramble to look at screenshots or whatever you you're trying to get in front of you there to get an idea of what this looks like but far changing tides an atmospheric vehicle adventure that follows the emotional journey of a boy and his ship as he embarks on a voyage to find a new home sail stormy waters dive unknown depths and explore forgotten ruins in a beautifully realised flooded world. And it says here, an all-new companion title. So, right, there's the blower. For once, one of the very few times I didn't do research, I didn't realise this was a follow-up to an existing game. Otherwise, I likely would have sort out the original yeah Yeah. so expanding on the desolate setting seen in far lone sails changing tides swaps the sun-scorched dusty plains for stormy skies and high seas with new environments puzzles and ship mechanics the world of far changing tides brings an exciting experience to fans of this beloved series and new players alike with bigger and deeper challenge so, That's sloppy from you. Unusually sloppy. Oh, man, I was absolutely beside myself when I found out <laughs> after I'd finished playing it. And so much so that I went back and watched a playthrough of the original just to get an idea of it. And, you know, you can see the transition from this to the other one. It is They are they share a lot, but they're also very different as, as the description sets out. Like, one, you're a ship, mm. which is what Changing Tides is. And this one, you oh sorry, in Lone Sails, it's more of a, a vehicle um, using, you know, just with wheels and, and whatnot. So that's the setup there. I was I was fuming that I didn't suss out this was a, a follow up. That was that really did hurt me. But needs to say, I don't, the deed was already done by that point, um, and I you couldn't do much about it. So I just kind of tried to let. Have some booze and let Ronnie forget about that. But it's a two D, it's a two D platform ish game. You know, you can you wander around, you can pick up things, etc., etc. But the main gist of it is you're going from left to right on an unknown journey. Really, you kind of just wake up and you're like, "Well, the world's fucking flooded." So I, everyone, you're on your own. It's like, well, I need to get out of here, and you find this vessel, this ship. And it will only go right, so you've only got one way to go. So you just you just headed that way. It's quite quite like the simplicity of it that you're always just travelling in one direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a clever thing they kind of they, they do with that in the game throughout as well, which um which is which is really which is really cool. But you need to keep the the, the ship moving. Obviously, one of the easy ways to get a ship moving is sails. So that's fine. Like there's wind, and you get the sails, but you will get to areas where um you you can't sail anymore and you need to seek out upgrades for the ship. So there's like automated rowing things that you can pick up, but in order to, that's a bit more of a hands-on approach. So the the idea of the game is to kind of get you from left to right and you'll be hitting obstacles. Usually you'll unlock a new feature of the, of the boat that allows you to do different things and therefore requires different management techniques to keep the, the boat going in the direction you want it to. So with the sails, for example, everything's very mechanical. With the sails, like you pull this, you pull this 
big thing back and it pulls up the, the, the mast itself, clicks into place. So it's all very physics based. Then you, you go up there and you, you grab the, the wire, you attach it to a little um, little stern thing at the, on the boat and then you move that to control the, the direction of the, the, the wind. So you have to kind of manage that and keep the flag in like a sweet spot so that you're, ca- you're catching the wind as you go. With the rowing parts, this is all... It's basically a coal fucking process. So you need to be putting stuff into this fucking furnace burning it up and using fuel to to keep the thing stirring that's that's a different process because things can overheat um you 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 kind of jump up and down on this the air part of it to blow more air into it to increase the the, the speed at which you're going but then things get hotter quicker quicker sorry so you're always kind of juggling these plates of getting to move so you, you've got two main elements one is getting the movement of the boat using these very mechanical options that you have resources that you might want to burn up etc you've got to manage that and the second is when you hit an obstacle it's like okay do i you can dive under the water as the person so you can get off the boat swim around find i don't know you might find like a little switch that opens the gate it could be that simple but often there's more complex kind of ways to move through move the boat through a facility you might have to figure out to get a lift working to drop it up and you know there's all these Mm. different types of obstacles for you to solve not just going from from left to right and there is no there is not much guidance given to you in this game you are essentially even to work the boat so you tell us to jump tell us to jump longer i think it tells you how to pick things up and after that it's like off you go so you have to you have to work out how the how the sails work and mm. what i like about that is that it it can i can see that being frustrating for people but it does a really good job at communicating with symbols and colours what you kind of need to keep an eye on. So it's quite satisfying working out the exact yeah. mechanics of each thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, nice, very nice progression, you know, building the ship up and whatnot. Um, and some decent-ish puzzles to, and, and small exploration for you to go off and, and do. So it's ultimately a little puzzle game with some mechanic-based elements to it i think by the sounds of it so that the, the gist of it is that you're pretty much well solving a puzzle in terms of how to work the bloody thing and then solving puzzles to overcome obstacles and keeping everything ticking over yeah and it will always it has several banana skins that you'll slip over as you go through you know you, you could say well, why surely just use the sails all the time because you haven't got to burn resources for that it's like, oh yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i'll be using the sails but then if it starts thundering lightning, guess what? You've got a mast up there. It's attracting the, yeah. the lightning that gets struck down. Then you have to resort back to other mm. things. There's always changing the environment and the situations you're in. So that you're using all the different sort of upgrades and um, mm. options that you've got. And I think that's, that mm. is, well, it stops it from being mundane and boring, isn't it? It's quite, relaxing at times that like once you've got the ship going it's like you can sit back it's got some nice like subtle music playing ships sailing along in the sea that's all that's all good but mm. in terms of the story i mean again i said no handhold and again it's one of those ones where you kind of understand what you're doing because you're just doing it like you're going from left to mm. right you're you're clearly trying to find somewhere but you don't really know why well you know why you're doing it because your, your current home's fucked so you're just trying to find a new place to go but other than that, there's no real breadcrumbs Story, left. Narrative. No, there's no like yeah. text or anything. There's no dialogue, nothing like that. Characters that speak. 
it's all just sort of played out through environmental storytelling and like you'll come across facilities and there'll be like there might be like a mural up of you know what people were doing before and you go oh that was a maybe that was a, a coal factory before because it's got the pit it's that sort of stuff that's going on I still don't know why the world's gone all dusty and then got wet all of a sudden it's climate change I guess but it, that's not really shoved down your throat so it's kind of just happened and you're just dealing with the consequences of it which which is what will happen when it eventually floods Canvey well that won't be no great loss um, <laughs> unless we've got listeners from Canvey which we might do we probably have can't afford to lose a significant portion of our viewership no. the one or two people that from Canvey that might be listening um <laughs> I mean, interestingly, on the description here on the old Xbox, it says optimized for Series X and S, four K Ultra HD. Could have fooled me. FPS plus. Yeah, right. It runs fine. There's no, there's no technical problems of it. I, I quite like the, the the style they've gone for and mm. that type of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's not going to set the world on fire, but it certainly holds its own. And for mm. these sort of more artistic games, it's it's it. It fits the bill nicely. There's no nothing to criticise on the. The only thing I would say, and it's not really a technical thing. It's more of a design thing. Mm. The auto saving is too sparse. Right. Okay. That really bothers me. I'd rather they overdid it than under. I don't know why I keep doing. It. I don't. Know, this is a common theme in most games. Like just every ninety seconds, I'm fine. Honestly, I wouldn't wouldn't mind that at all. Because I don't think you can die in this game. I jumped off some pretty big heights and he just sort of, yeah. went, sort of goes, Caw! then gets yeah. up. So I, don't, I don't think you can actually die. But when you... I, I like to... You can't just exit the game and save. It's a checkpoint system only. Mm. And there's a couple of times where I was like, I need to kind of dip, like, do something else. Yeah. And I was waiting for the checkpoint to come and it just wasn't coming. And it was like... <laughs> it took like 15 minutes. And I was like... Yes, I could leave the console on Phil's fucking eco power mode or whatever he's put in now. I could have done that. Mm. But you just know if there's a you know, a power cut or if it this game doesn't play nicely with quick resume, yeah, you've got yeah. a chance of losing progress. So I was I was forever just checking the autosave icon and being like, right, there it is, bang, I'm to, mm. I just I don't know why that's there's no because like I said you can't die and lose progress as it is. It's like why not just make this checkpoint Far more often, people can't get themselves into a fail state. I would, or one would assume, otherwise there'll be some uproar. So what's what's the problem with that? So it definitely needs to save more often. Too sparse for me when I've got. Especially when I'm coming to an end of a session, I like to just be able to just go when I feel like it. Whereas this, I felt like, oh well, no, I've got yeah, to finish just, off this little task. Just needs a manual save, doesn't it? Yeah. There's no excuse for not having a just a exit and save button. No. Like it should. Should be standard fare, in my opinion. I agree. Um, I mean, it does look quite cool. I'd probably say it looks a bit mono. Is the word monochromatic? Like mm. it's, it's all a bit um, dingy. Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely got its own look and atmosphere to quite it. Cool though. Yeah, because it it's look, it's always cool. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly set in some sort of post, yeah. you know, apocalypse that's happened. Reminds me of Waterworld. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not far off. I didn't see anyone with gills knocking around, like any mutants. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it does have that feel. I mean, it's, it's an interesting concept. And I especially mm. liked that once I'd gone back and watched the uh, the lone sales playthrough, 
there's a little bit, there's a few extra layers in there for people that have done that. Whilst mm. when I first played it, I had no idea, and I was like, oh yes, that's that's good. I enjoyed <laughs> that. And I went back. I was like, oh, there's there's a little bit more there if you've if you've gone through that that process and been there since you know the, the first one and played it. It's, yeah. it's one of those interested lines where it's not reliant on it. It's not a they, they call it a companion title, which is an interesting word. It's not you know it doesn't say it doesn't say sequel. Yeah, which is an interesting way to describe it. And I think that's probably actually quite accurate. Having seen now the 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 first title is that it is mm. more of a companion rather than a a continuation, which it certainly isn't. Um, it's just set in this this same universe and world. And there's just a little bit of you know reference and crossover there for for longer term mm. fans to 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 enjoy. But um, yeah, far changing tides. Pretty good. So, is there anything else you want to touch on on this game that you think is uh, would be important for people to know? I don't think so. No, I think you know it's a described what it is at, at nauseam, and I think you're going to need a bit of patience because it doesn't tell you where to go. I mean, you can, like I said, you can only go right, so you know you got mm. you know you got to get past this obstacle, but it won't it won't clearly say here's the mm. item you need, here's the switch you need to, to you kind of have to work things out based on previous knowledge. You understand how different, you know, switches and other things work. Um and then through trial and error a little bit, like I'll press that, what's that do? Mm. Oh, oh that's a hose for water. Can I fill maybe I can fill this object up and then it'll be a counterweight on a there's all that sort of stuff going on. And you mm. there is definitely times when I was I don't mind this, but I know this drives people fucking nutty, but I was sitting there like, huh, what do I do next? And that is something that some people don't want to go through. I I don't mind that too much, but I, I know it's one of those things that people just like to be playing the game, but I was, I was enjoying being stumped and being like, hmm. And then you experiment, and then yeah. you eventually get it, and you're like, oh, excellent, how clever am I? Or stupid. I've yeah. been there an hour. That's why it's not fucking checkpointing. Sometimes you do just have to uh, understand the game and the yeah. developers and how their brain works in developing some of the puzzles. I've found that with some puzzle games before. Is that hmm. you're looking at it from your how your brain would have created or solved that problem, and you have to almost figure out and understand how the people that develop the game think and would solve that problem and how the game works to be able to then do it if that makes sense yeah. rather than like me just going well I'll just put a great big fuck off bit of wood on that and counterweight it there they're going well no you've got to be cleverer than that and more subtle yeah um, yeah I think that's that sounds about right um, okay well that kind of brings us to the well, my personal favourite part of these reviews, second to us reading out the, uh, the the game description and likening the game to it, um, but walking up to the doors of the Dim Digital Gallery that we've come to come to love and respect so much of late, yeah. and uh, the usual decision when we walk up to the doors as to whether we unlock them and walk in, or whether we turn away and go, absolutely not, nothing else is getting in here today. Yes. So. Uh, the first question that we do on the doors is, does it enter the gallery? Yeah, absolutely. Far changing tides enters the, the gallery for sure. The gaming gallery will be better off to have this game in there. 
for sure. So which wing, then? You've got a choice of four. Platinum, gold, silver or bronze. Ooh. Which one are we walking down today? I think we're going to... We're going to keep it safe and go with the silver because it is, it is a good game. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily great, but, you know, it's got very few, if any, issues for what it is. Um, it's really solid. And I guess the biggest compliment I can pay to it is that I want to, with separation, go back and play Lone Sales, even though I've seen it and whatnot, but go back and play mm. that. And then if they do another entry into this, I'm there. I'm waiting for it. It's on It's on radars. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of the time you'll, I'll, I'll play something that I've had no experience with or something new. You play it and go, oh, if they do another one, fine. But if not, I'm not too worried about it. Like, I would actually mm. love to see another iteration of this. And I'd be really interested to see if they do and how and what the vehicle is going to be this time. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. What well, it'll be a different one, another companion type. Yeah, that'd um, be interesting. Yeah, so uh, that's the biggest compliment I can pay to them is that I'm gonna go back buy both these games probably on PC just as a you know a future proof platform, um, mm. and play through them both. Probably do a stream on both of them. But we're talking a little ways down the line. Yeah. And then if they mm. if they do a third game, I'm all in. Um, but if they do something else, I'll 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 follow them on Twitter, so I'll get wind of it and probably be just looking and thinking, well. Let's see what else these guys have got. So, yeah, yeah, lovely little, lovely little experience. That that's the true, that's the true palate cleanser because it's a, it was a nice new, fresh game and developer I wasn't familiar with. I felt like I learnt a lot about what these guys can do at, at Okamotive guys and gals, and now I'm awaiting their, their next project in what will probably be a few years from now. But you know, mm. park it in the Ronnie brain and he'll. You'll dig it out when it's time to start investigating. Yeah, I think that would make a good stream, actually. I'd I'd like to tune in and watch that. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Another one gets a seal of approval yeah. into, the, into the silver, the cramped silver. That is easily Ooh. the most popular wing of the, of the gaming gallery, for sure. But I do think most games kind of fall into that category these days. Like You see, I'd be more inclined to be... For some reason in my head, if Saint gets in there, mm. then unless it's, I think there's more of a distinction between silver, gold, and platinum than there is between bronze. So I think bronze is entry level stuff. Yeah. And then you start getting into big boy shit in silver, gold, and platinum. But that doesn't mean this sort of stuff can't get in there. I think bronze is the most underutilized. Yeah, possibly. But I mean, we, I mean, earlier on in the year we did. Pokemon Legends Arceus and that was sitting in the, the bronze wing because mm. it just had it just so many caveats that came with that in terms of like the performance and, and whatnot and mm. I feel like things like this just when they meet my expectations but don't wow me that's yeah, where yeah. I go whereas a bronze is like yeah I'd still you know I still enjoyed my time with it but there's definitely a few things that just stood out and got in the way slightly whereas I don't mm. really, if nothing gets in the way I'm happy to give it to the silver chuck it in there yeah and see what they they think of it but these uh, I'm sure these these wings will evolve over time and it'll be interesting to see the makeup of them everyone's different opinions yeah. you know there's going to be games in the gallery that are sitting in different wings from one another because of other opinions being there so you might 
you know, mm. you might we might be seeing a you know two lots of this one day. Someone else might pick it up and chuck it in the gold category, or who knows? Anything? Oh, I guess not a Biff game. No, not a Biff game. Yeah, <laughs> that normally means most stuff's pretty good. So <laughs> you'll find most Biff games being like in the bronze level, where there's just a catastrophic issue with it, but he he just likes the mindlessness of it. But enough slagging him off. Poor boy. Anyway, pack up for the week. We'll speak yep. to you, all you guys when we're back next. As usual, thanks for making it this far. We appreciate you spending your time with us. And if you want to take the extra step, patreon.com forward slash digital is there. But do not feel pressured to do so. Not one of these outfits that says, oh, we, we can only do it because you're paying us. Well all got fucking jobs so I mean if this was if this was bringing the income and the only income then I doubt I'd even be affording a PC so you don't need to be, don't need to be worrying about that for now but be nice to have a few more beers to put in put in storage for the big celebrations anyway waffling nothing more for us to say here other than thanks for your time and ta-da This was a Dimp Digital production.